One one thing real quick. Do you know how tall Kevin Hart is? How tall is he? Five four. He's five foot two. Dude. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know what? Well, He's probably got some athletic gifts, though. You know how like like rich people have that, or like at like people who are athletes, they're short as shit, but they can do one thing that like you try and you can't even do it. Like Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson's amazing. Time. Nick Jonas, five foot seven. Nick Jonas is five seven. Why? What, what does that have to do with anything? Average average man's like what five nine or global global average man's probably five nine. He's right right in the hunt. Yeah, that's true. He'd be on let's, the infographic of heights. Let's let's get into it today. Sure. Welcome welcome listeners. We did a thing this week where I just hit play. We're we're ready to get this going. My name's Alex, the host of the uh, Cashed Out Podcast. I have with me. As always, my two beautiful friends, Jacob and Ricky, say hello to the to the masses, boys. Hey, friends. Hello, listeners. It's a little bit a little bit of an unusual recording for us today due to daylight savings. Um, we're recording an hour later in Phoenix, and there definitely is a little, a little bit of an adjustment for the fellows over there. Same time for me, but apparently Ricky was napping. And Jay started drinking a little bit early. So why well, you gotta call me out, man? I, I am Jeez, drinking dude. a Mr. Pay. Hey, I'm just I informing this is good. I'm just putting it, I'm just setting the table for us. Okay. This is where we're at right now. Okay. You're trying to justify what's gonna be a bad performance, and honestly, it's Whoa. not gonna be a bad performance. Whoa, I'm we're gonna, gonna tell have you, a great night. I will be up, great. I woke up amazing today, so I definitely am not justifying anything. Okay. All right. I do want to um start this off this week. We don't have a Halloween gimmick. We don't have a playoff look ahead, but we are going to spend a little bit more time this week diving into what happened last week, the good, the bad. We're going to dive right into it because Ricky hit us. Can you hit us with your stat? This week was kind of a topsy turvy. The NFL is really good about proving that what you think doesn't have to happen always. Ricky, what, what do you have for us? You have an amazing stat. So this last weekend favorites, those that were expected to win the game went four and 10 it's the worst since week one where teams went four and 12, AKA uh, chalk did not happen. The teams that were supposed to win did not show up. And I think for a lot of us, the teams that we expected to pull through on our bet slips, uh, hit us with middle fingers and just decided they didn't want to play football. So, so that teams was our that, week. Teams that could have been favorited were the Bengals got blown out. The Cowboys got blown out. The saints lost the close one to the crummy Falcons, the Raiders, I mean, we'll we'll get into that in a minute, Jay. But you had to be really disappointed. Mm. They should have smacked the Giants, uh, the Bills. Who the hell knows about that? Um, let's see. The Packers. Packers were not favorited, and then the the Rams. So you have these favorited teams. A lot of them were heavily favorited, and they got smashed. So um, Ricky, you have something to say, and then we're gonna get into the ones that really hurt us the most. What do you guys? Got? The other one that I wanted to call out. I don't think that any of us really took action on it. Was the Titans. Titans, obviously the Rams in uh, LA were favored and they just came out and for, granted, if you look at the uh, box score or the stat sheet, you kind of wonder how the hell did the Titans pull off the win that they did, but they, they did what they needed to do to win. Their defense is starting to get better, but that, that game was the one that uh, is not on our list here. That definitely surprised me. 
Yeah. And honestly, just those couple of turnovers early were, were huge. So uh, Jay, start us off. What was not good for you? I know you got particularly eviscerated last week. So we're going to go to you first, Jay. What happened, man? What, what, what went bad for you? Can I say everything? Because I, I want to say that, man, every single one, maybe not every single one, I would say about 95% of the tickets that I had lost. Like it was just a brutal weekend, you know, and it was teams that you thought were an absolute lock that just let me down. Like the bills. I think I had the bills every which way, right? Not only covering the spread, I'm pretty sure last week I said minus 14, you I'm it. taking the bills <laughs> and the bills didn't even win the damn game. So the bills lose the game that ruins like 90% of my parlays. The last 10%, I think I had the Raiders like straight up in a couple of them. Nope. Big loss there. So it was really a combination of the Raiders and the bills, you know, two teams that I thought the Raiders were maybe a little bit more on the edge than the bills were, but two teams that I thought could easily pull out a win two teams that should have pulled out a win that just didn't. Now, Jay, I know you're a little bit of the riskier gambler. I know you like to, to chase your best, especially if you have a bad, you know, bad morning. What, what is your criteria? What are your rules for going after that Sunday night game or God forbid the horrible Monday night game Bears Steelers? Like, what are you thinking at that time? You, you have the bills, they let you down. What, what's going on in your head? Do you just automatically do it because you want in or are you pumping the brakes a little bit? You know, what, what are you thinking? Is this wrong answers only? I, I want to hear generally what you think. Like, I'm generally, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely. <laughs> Did you take action you on have. Monday night? We didn't, we didn't text about this. Did you take any action on Monday? I didn't watch the game. No, I, didn't I, was I was depressed. Okay. That's good though. But well, like, <laughs> I did. I got in. <laughs> oh I that so hold on. So hold on. So Jay, yeah, Jay, can we hear yours? And then I want to hear from Ricky too, because I know that if I lose, you know, I have my bets, unless I'm feeling particularly pissed, I won't throw a couple extra dollars out there. Right. I'll do one. But if the game's exciting, right. If it's not, I don't want to play. I don't want to watch the Steelers play the Bears. Mavericks were on. I watched the Mavericks game. Didn't watch the Steelers-Bears. I didn't care, right? What, what are you thinking, Jay? This is probably the worst answer possible, but it's it's almost pure emotion. It's almost pure, like, <laughs> I am okay, so though. upset it's with the day. my heart. <laughs> I am so upset with the day that I'm going to risk far more than I intended to risk this week. God damn. And then on the flip side, like, if I'm having a great week, then, you know, I'm still going to bet it maybe just a little bit less, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to secure those profits, but I'm still going to bet. I'm still going to have some action, but good Lord, if I'm down on the weekend, I have to breathe a few times before I, I click that button, but I'm usually clicking that button and I'm betting way more than I did for the morning games, way more than I did for the Thursday game, way more uh, than I did for NHL, for UFC, units, for they start bumping the early up, bumping NFL up. bets. Oh, for sure. I am packing all in on this team to win listeners just so and I can recover <laughs> listeners and Jay, please uh, at the end of this podcast, listen to the outro, listen to the outro music, and then listen to the disclosure that's there. Um, if you need help, you can always get help for gambling. Okay. And uh, just take deep breaths and, you know, maybe don't, but you know, it's, it's really up to you. It's maybe moving away from a gambling podcast to a gambling support group where we talk to Jay <laughs> about his, his life problems. Ricky, yeah, what, are, what are you thinking? Well, so I, I have a new tactic, right? So this this is me, right? I, I know I'm a person that if I allow gambling to get too far away from myself, I could develop a problem. And that's just 
full disclosure, full transparency. I'm a person that I, when I when I dive into something, I dive head first and I go all in. Awareness so the beginning is the of the season, change, so that's great. At, at the beginning of the season, my wife and I we sat down and we said, "What's an amount of money that if Ricky lost all of it, we'd be comfortable and we'd be totally okay?" So I put that amount in the app. If I lose that amount in the app, I'm done. Season's over. I can't be on the pod. It's like Survivor. You're gonna put my torch out. <laughs> I'm gonna walk away. It's all fucking over. I don't know what my problem is though, because the last two weekends at different intervals, I've had $0 in my account both times. I put all my money, all my action in. And so for whatever reason, I personally, again, we've talked about it. I like finding a monster, a sweetheart, something that's going to give me a decent return. That's relatively safe. And I got lucky that uh, on the flip side of the Cowboys, I was taking the, the over under line. So I only had one of my big, big bets for the week that really died on the vine. Otherwise I would have really had zero bucks. A lot of times what's happening is like, I like to incorporate a Monday night game into my week ahead. So in one of my sweethearts and monsters for this week, I actually had the Steelers, which I didn't realize because I get crazy and just start hitting numbers and hit buttons and out pops uh, bet slips. Uh, so I barely eked out a win for the whole week. And that was like a $60 to win a hundred dollar bet. Right. So I, I don't really have an option to chase. I will usually try to double down on a great week, which I did. I had a lot of money in my account more than I thought I was going to. I started taking single bet action, AKA what is the next play of the Rams game going to be? Is it going to be a run or a pass? And I started doing like $5, $1. It's good. It oh got away gosh. from me. And Electric. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's if I'm doing really good, if I'm doing really bad, I am not fun to watch games with. We were in Vegas over the weekend with uh, some of our friends and I was watching games at the bar. Um, a lot of Raiders fans. I was very surprised, but uh, shouts out Raiders. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not fun to watch. So Yeah, it was really surprising. There were a ton of Raiders fans Well, in no, Vegas. it's one of those things. That's so I was fucking the, weird. Dude, I was sitting at the bar and people were walking by and I'm like, what the fuck are these Raiders? Like, you just don't. Yeah, probably from I, Las Vegas. I don't know. No, I just don't associate. I, I still don't associate the, Ve- the Raiders and Vegas. Like, the Knights are very big back there. It's been since they've, you know, come to town. But frankly, since the pandemic, like they've only been there for what, two seasons, their second season there, first season with the stadium actually being open. So yep. it's it's still it's still pretty new, frankly. A lot of people that are there, there's, I saw a lot of Giants jerseys. I was with some Vikings fans. I saw guys in Cowboys gear. It's just kind of like Arizona. You got a lot of transients. I digress. Well, I'm going to get into it really quick. Some teams that really, I mean, really screwed you, screwed you this week, screwed me this week. The Bills, what the hell? Nine points. Come on. That's just, that's garbage. That's a horrible showing against the Jaguars. I know the Jaguars have been, I'm going to put it in air quotes, a little bit tougher maybe, but the, the Bills are better than that. I'm putting, I'm putting it in quotes. Yeah, I know you gave what? me a face. They've been getting smacked. They've been, they've been losing their games. But even if you go back, so I watched the Cardinals game the most. That was a game where it was like classic Cardinals are going to lose to the Jags. That they were leading, they were controlling the game. True. They kicked that field goal at the end of the half. They got it all the way taken back. Uh, you know, returned. That was a game where it was like this is slipping away. So they have this this potential. Obviously, not a good team, but the Bills you expect better than that. The Cowboys, come on, man, come on. We've been talking about it. Go ahead. You have a Jaguars comment. My, well, I just want to talk about the bills, bills for a second. So yeah. I, I don't know. I wasn't really listening to the pod last week, apparently, because I didn't have the bills in anything. So I wasn't really paying attention 
I was focused more on the Patriots game. Some of those other earlier games are pretty good. The, yeah, the Ravens Vikings. Team? Yeah, exactly. But all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, holy shit, the, the, the Jags are in this thing. And so I kind of had to go back and rewatch some of the game and try to figure out what happened. Right. If you look at the box score, Josh Allen had 47 passing attempts on the day. There were only nine rushing attempts from running backs on the team. That is such a, a dramatic difference in passing versus rushing attack on that that team. The the three times this season that Josh Allen has passed for greater than 45 times are all times that he's lost. The three losses this year have all come when he's passed more. He was a leading rusher on the team. Like it's just you're putting way too much expectation on Josh Allen, even though he's a good quarterback. You got to give him some help. You got to have the defense that can't just sit back and try to pick him off. It some some look so that other Josh Allen isn't able to pick, sack, and strip fucking force fumble him along the way. The amount of times, man, that they said Josh Allen did this to Josh Allen, like it was cool for two minutes, and then after the nine thousand tweet I saw, I was like, bro, it's NFL over. history, man. Who gives a fuck? It's a guy who had two the two names, like to put it one time, but for every Bob outlet Smith, to say it a hundred. Bob times, Smith pushed Bob Smith. Oh my gosh, just too much, too much. Jay, tell us. Bro, I think the weirdest thing about that Bills game itself was that the Jags had like 140 yards total passing. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence had like 150, 120 yards passing that entire game, and they still beat the Bills. Like, it was just such an anomaly sort of game. And I think that's that's kind of the best way to sum up this weekend is you had so many underdogs that just – came to play that wanted it more. And I think Josh Allen in his, uh, in his post-game interview said something like, they just wanted it more. They wanted it more than us. And sometimes that's all it takes, right? Like this shows you that a great team, a team that is heavily favored, can be beaten at any point in the season. That is football for you. And, you know, didn't work out for my bets. And uh, they lost me a lot of money. But that's football for you. It's it crazy. For the Bills either. I feel like sometimes as a fan too, this – kind of stretch of the season where the season's not new, but it's not, you know, playoffs tomorrow. This can kind of get a little bit, a little, you know, tiring here in the middle. And it, you know, you can speak that to the players too, where like, if you're not logged in every week and I really love the Cardinals one at one and oh, every day mantra, if you're not locked in like that, you know, you let one slip and then who knows what happens down the line. Patriots are right there with the bills now. So that's, uh, you know, not great for the bills, but uh, other bad things that happened this week, Cowboys, Lady Goose. Lady Goose, they were horrible. That was yeah. that was super. It was super weird. It was, I think, when you sit down and just think about it, like perspectively, Dak didn't play for almost two weeks after that kind of Cooper Rush game, right? I think people overlook the rhythm that you need to get to, into as an NFL quarterback and kind of that timing, especially when you're facing a good Broncos defense. We kind of talked about it the first four games of the season. Broncos look great, and then Ricky buries them because they look fucking atrocious, right? And all of a sudden. They show up. The Cowboys go for it on fourth back-to-back drives. Don't get it. I don't know if that just like set the Broncos off, but from there they were on fire. It just, they never, they never came to play. Um, The defense for the Cowboys, we talked about it. They really key off the offense. They really key off the fact that they want to make you uncomfortable. They want to allow their pass rush to go get after the quarterback because they're not able to run the ball. You're chasing. Well, they kind of flipped that on its head and you didn't get Zeke or Pollard going. You had Dak who 
wasn't in a good rhythm, couldn't find people, had people dropping the ball. Then you have that weird punt where it goes off, a, you know, hey, we they kick it, we down. block it. Yeah. That was the, yeah. So, I mean, it was just one of those games of, of football where you don't have guys that are in rhythm. And and frankly, the Broncos did to the Cowboys what the Cowboys have done to every other team this whole year. So and what I the think Cowboys gonna... should have done to the Broncos probably, right? They traded it, Von Miller too. And it, you know... it still should have been, I mean, I, I, Yes. If you go back to what we said a week and a half ago, I think we all felt pretty comfortable that the Cowboys were going to win the game. I think we all kind of said, Hey, the Broncos defense can do some things that is going to make them a bit uncomfortable. But did I think that it was going to be the absolute shellacking? Like it, at the end you go, Oh, it's, it was 30, 16. It was like garbage time, two touchdowns at the very lot. Like that game was 30, just, 30 to zero. Dude, it was such a, such precious. a bad, such a bad game to watch. And especially if you had action on them, I'm sitting there literally all the people at my table had some form of, Oh, they were my extra money line play. They were my such and such. And I'm just pounding the table. Like Cowboys. the fuck up. Stop talking about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you look at that score though, and you would expect to see that score flipped, right? You would expect yeah, that's what to I was be a hundred percent. 16. It's just, I mean, it just goes to show you that, I mean, as much as we might think we know, as much as we might want to want to index on the you know the game before this last game, like you just don't know, you just don't know. Anyone can show up to play at any point in the season and they can win. So speaking to Jay of teams that can show up and everybody can win, the Raiders did not win against the the Giants this week, Jacob. As our Raiders fan, this will be our last uh, horrible thing this week because as you know, we've kind of said just the week was kind of a mess. So we'll talk about this. We'll get into some good things and then we will do our best to advise for the future, but we'll talk. So we'll see Jay. How are you feeling about the Raiders? What, what happened there, man? I know it was kind of off a tough emotional week for the team. You know, what, what happened? Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. The Raiders, you look at the stat line. And if you only look at the stat line, you would say, Oh, Raiders won this game. Like, yeah, Raiders won this game. And yeah. they didn't. It was a lot of shooting themselves in the foot. We had three turnovers. Carr had a pick six. You can't win games if, you're, if your turnover differential is, is negative three, right? Like you have to be the ones that are either taking care of the ball or, you know, being positive on that turnover differential. You look at the stats though, and let me just pull one out of my ass right now. The Giants had 96 passing yards. The Raiders had 286. It's crazy. 96 in the first quarter, right? Or what is what you mean the whole game? The whole game. Oh my god. The whole game. <laughs> the Raiders had 403 total yards. The Giants had 245. Pretty much even split on time of possession. And I mean, you just look at the stat line and you would just not expect this score. The Raiders had the full potential to be able to beat the Giants, right? They just shot themselves in the foot. They had some costly turnovers. A pick six is six is never going to help a team. And, you know, in the last drive of the game, Carr threw, or I think Carr fumbled the ball. And that was the end of the, that was pretty much the end of the game. That was, that was the nail in the coffin. And there were just too many times that the Raiders got down to the end zone, to the red zone, and just didn't convert. You know, we were kicking field goals. Daniel Carlson missed like a fucking 25 yard chip shot field goal. That didn't help, you know, Everything that you watched during the game, you were just thinking, God damn it, the Raiders are going to fucking lose this game. They're going to lose this game. And just more and more things just, you know, tacked onto it. And then at the end of the game, that's exactly what happened. The Raiders lost the game. It's one that the Raiders needed to win. 
right now everyone in the AFC West is pretty much neck and neck. They're they're fighting yeah. for top spot, fighting for the wild card spot. And you know, it's going to be a tough rest of the season because I think the Raiders have a really good team. They just need to figure out how to how to come together. And the last time that they lost before this game was when, you know, Gruden got let go. So maybe it's a little emotional, maybe there's a lot of uh distraction that's happening, but at the same time you can't be turning over the ball. You can't be doing all this extra stuff, shooting yourself in the foot. Like you gotta, you gotta come together and play football and win the damn game. They were a team that I really thought had kind of turned a corner too. So it's disappointing to see. I know Carr, I like him. You know, I think he's a good guy. So it's just, it's tough. This is one of those games that normally you'd see like the Arizona Cardinals put up, where it's like we're finally on a roll, we're chugging. I mean, if they won, I think what the entire AFC West is five and four now. If they had won this game, they'd have taken taking the division outright or they may have already had it right and, and let it slip through their hands. But yep. like, like Jay was saying, it's just a weird game. The, the giants actually, and we've said it a couple of times on the pod, the giants have some decent offensive weapons that they have some people that would do like when you just put them like on a 40 yard dash against people, they've got guys this was like the Evan Ingram game where you look up and you're like, Oh my God, Evan Ingram is good. He had a couple of catches. He did all right. He had a touchdown, but like you said, like 90 yards passing the whole whole game. You had 149 yards rushing. It was pretty back and forth, but the Raiders just never had really any big explosive plays or any like big response. Um, going into this week, Daniel Jones, it, you, you kind of think that he's one of those guys that's just kind of checking down the ball. His average depth for passes received was eight yards per reception. That was on par with Mahomes and Justin Herbert this season. So Maybe something, again, we need to continue to take a deeper look at the the Giants. Their defense, other than maybe this week, has not been very good. But they've shown you they can score points. They can move the ball on decent teams. The rushing defense for the Raiders has been their, their kind of weak point this season. You obviously saw them kind of keep things in check from the passing game. But uh, it's a tough one to lose for the Raiders. I think you bring up a good, a really good point, though, that the Raiders didn't have any explosive plays. And I will contribute a bit of that to not having Henry Ruggs, right? He was our deep threat. Not having our deep threat, like, really took the game away from us, even though we had a ton of yards, right? Even though Carr still moved the ball, we still got it to the red zone. We just couldn't complete it. But we did miss having that, that explosive play, that 40-yard pass, that, that deep, you know, that deep route. We didn't see a lot of that at all. We saw a lot of, no. you know, getting back to the original Gruden, run the ball, throw some short routes and that hurts us. It really does. And I think from a defensive perspective too, like it makes it easier to try to contain Derek Carr and the Raiders and, and not let them score those big plays. They just had a lot of those like longer extended drives. If you look at the comparison of time possession, number of drives, almost even between the Raiders and, and the giants, the big difference is if you look at the number of first downs, 24 first downs for the Raiders 16 for the Giants so if you just kind of chalk that up to length you know where they're getting the ball right maybe it's a shorter field or just like big six you know hey we'll just it's the number of plays they're going to run like it's more of those hey we had an eight eight play drive as opposed to a three play drive or we had a 15 play drive like it's just a long time to have to try to a lot of things have to go right to work the ball down the field that way in order to score points and so I think that you know, I, I saw they added Deshaun Jackson. Hopefully that helps stretch the field and hopefully they just mix it up a little bit and kind of come out of their funk going into next week. 
So they're they're second place to the Chargers right now in the AFC West. Uh, Chiefs and the Broncos have played one more game. That's crazy. So okay. they're five and three tied with the with the Chargers. So gotcha. Um, you know, it's very very much alive still. Um, there were some good things that we liked from the week. Uh, I will start with that one. The Cardinals, thank the Lord, finding ways to win without Kyler, without Hopkins. This scares me a little bit for the Niners. This is definitely a game that, especially because with Kyler, they played the game so much tighter. The first game was incredibly close. Definitely a game that I thought the Cardinals had every every intention of losing. They didn't. And then this game, no Kyler, no Hopkins, you know, banged up, COVID, no AJ Green. I thought this was going to be the same game, except we weren't going to win. And Colt McCoy is able to pull it out. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, ASU's own, you know, Benjamin running back, scoring a touchdown. James Conner popped off. So it was good to see the Cardinals. I like that they're able to win without Kyler. Obviously a much better team with him, but I like that they're still able to to produce without him. Um, And then the Packers, we definitely talked about the Packers last week. In a number of interesting ways. So um, ugly, man. That game it was, was ugly. so ugly. They they didn't win. It was ugly, but we definitely said that if you take they the covered. Packers, but they covered, and if you tease them down, they're not going to lose by 20 because we don't trust the Chiefs. So I think the good thing that we can say about the Packers is that without Aaron Rodgers, um, they were able to stay close because of the defense and also because the, the Chiefs are not a good team. So even with Jordan Love at the quarterback putting up, you know, seven points, just like the week before against the Giants, they still barely outscored them. So, you know, not loving the Chiefs, but the Packers there, we did we did talk about, you know, taking the, taking the points um, or even teasing it and just getting that bigger because they were, you know, they might not have won and they didn't, but they weren't going to get their asses kicked because the Chiefs are not that team right now. So could have gone to overtime, dude. Two, they missed two field goals. That game was so ugly and boring to watch. If you saw it, it was I, at the beginning of the season. If you hear, hey, I'm going to get to see Patrick Mahomes and Rodgers or the Green Bay team uh, go out there, you're like, holy shit, this is going to be a great time. And it was so uninteresting watching it was just like okay well i'm gonna tune this one out and pray to god they almost came back the (laughs) mahomes almost scored a touchdown on like one of the last couple of plays that would have really screwed all of us but they covered not that good this year though so we will take it yeah ricky packers uh, yeah go ahead packers with aaron Rodgers though would beat the chiefs like jordan love had more yards than patrick mahomes did and i think especially now jay that he's seen that he is valuable to this team and I think he's going to have this new, like this new attitude, even more. I, I think, I think Middle this is only attitude, man. power in his pocket. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be deadly for the rest of this year because he knows how valuable he is to the Packers. Can, can I pull the curtain back for two seconds for the listeners? Cause yeah. uh, I, I feel really, I feel really bad for whatever reason. There's a block in my mind when it comes to the, uh, the starting running back for the green Bay Packers for, for Aaron Jones, he just doesn't jump to my mind when I think about him. And so there's a lot of my, my uh, coverage and analysis that really focuses on AJ Dillon. I don't know what it is, but you know what? He showed up. He averaged 5.8 yards per carry bowling ball. That was uh, maybe one of the few highlights for them. Yeah, and we're going to keep the curtain pulled for a second. We're going to we're going to dive back into last week when Ricky was doing his Packers analysis and he's talking about him this and this and this and this and then he just goes AJ Dillon and he forgot Aaron Jones's name. So he didn't finish the fucking statement he was making. He just kept on going. So we're just thanks for pulling the curtain back, Ricky. We love you. That was mm-hmm. great. Jay, keep going for us, buddy. No, man. I I think that's it. I think, you know, 
when I look at the game, even though the Chiefs beat the Packers, I still feel like the Packers did well, right? Like they showed defensively that they could definitely stop the Chiefs. You have Aaron Rodgers. It's a completely different game. The Chiefs are still not good. And this is what I said last week. The Chiefs win this game. Fine. Whatever. Mark it as a fluke. Packers didn't have Rodgers. Doesn't count. And I still feel the same way. I still don't feel like the Chiefs are a good team. And, you know, they they still haven't shown us that they are a good team. I still feel like as as a league, we're still giving them a little bit too much respect. They didn't cover again. Again. I don't know what else to say about them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely haven't been fun to talk about. Uh, Ricky, will you take us take us through the the Patriots, sir? I'm, I'm I know you, they're not your favorite team, but no, we'll, 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 we'll go we'll go quick. I mean, ultimately, the Patriots defense finally, not finally, continues to show up and step up. Their secondary, super strong. J.C. Jackson, two picks. I don't I don't know what you want me to say other than I think they're kind of coming into their own. Mac Jones did not have a, a fantastic day nor does he need to, right? It's a little bit and kind of pointing at the other team that we thought had a good week, the Browns. When your defense is strong and gives you short fields, takes the ball away from the offense, it allows you to be versatile when you've got as many weapons, not just at the wide receiver position like most teams, but really strong tight ends. Their offensive line continues to get healthier and healthier. They've got a committee of running backs that are rushing for, I think, what, over 120 yards for like the fourth week in a row. It's really strong. I think that this is the, the, this week coming up is going to be a pretty strong test for the Patriots as they take on the Browns. Um, They have yet to really beat a team that is not a team that they should beat, right? That being the Patriots. So a good test, a good measuring stick game that will kind of show you what the rest of the season looks like with the bills having lost their, their two games. They're right back in the hunt, not just for a wild card spot, but frankly, just to to go and win the division outright. So um, yeah, Patriots are, are doing Patriots things. All right, everybody. So that has been our, our elongated. I think that's kind of hearkening back to one of the first episodes that we did just a little bit longer of a recap, but I really enjoy recapping those games. It's fun to talk about. So we are going to now look ahead. Jay had a bad week. Ricky has money in his account. He did it. Okay. So we are going to look forward to the new week and we are going to see what we can do. So we're starting with a horrible horrible thursday night game ravens are going to miami horrible. to play the dolphins i think that's Whoa. a shitty game ravens Whoa. six and two dolphins two and seven coming off a win against the texans which to ricky is again with the patriots beating you know world beaters there at the texans yeah um so we have a uh spread is uh ravens minus seven and a half over under 46 and a half uh what, what are your thoughts on this one to me this is an easy uh ravens ravens tease take take them at a half a point they have to win at that point. You're good at this. Honestly, too. I might just take a minus seven and a half. Dude, I think, I think you take a minus seven them. and a half. They're going to crush. That's the reason I yelled at you is I think this is one of those games that Lamar Jackson, what he came back from like 14 down twice against the Vikings. They had over 247 yards rushing. Lamar's that dude, offensive weapons. He's resurrecting guys from 2017 and uh, Freeman. We got Le'Veon Bell getting in on the action the Dolphins had five turnovers last week. If they get even close to that, they're the, the capitalizing that the Ravens are going to be able to do and go and score points. The the pressure that the Dolphins allow, I'm going to pull up a stat while we're talking. The the most pressures that have been given up by any team is the Miami Dolphins. I want you guys to guess for me. It's it's a number. So the second the, the team that is second most in giving up pressures is the Carolina Panthers. The number that they've given up so far this year is 187. The Dolphins are the most. What number do you think the Dolphins have given up as far as quarterback pressures? 
187 is the second most. 210. 210? I'm say way more than that. I'm going to do like, I'm going to go over. I'm going to do like two, 230. Wow, Alex with 230. 234 is the answer. Let's go. Abysmal ahead. offensive line. Play. That's almost 50 more quarterback pressures. Do we do we know if Tua? I don't think we know yet whether Tua is going to be back from the the fracture in his hand. It's maybe percent. an emergency. He's, he's it, game time decision, dude. Yeah. This is this is seven and a half. Is is no questions asked. I've got that in so many options, so many bets. I agree with Alex. If you want to tease it down, you can. But this is it's going to be a bad game, but it's going to be great for betters. I feel better about taking the Ravens after you giving me that stat, but I. I don't know. Like I am still hurt from last week in the bills. I took the bills at minus 14. They didn't even win the fucking game. So Ravens at seven and a half against the Dolphins line, baby. The Dolphins are a better team than the Jags. This was the Jags first win in the fucking U S Alex, you're shaking your head, but Uh, I think to me, dude, this is a tease, man. This is such like, fine. Don't take the seven and a half. We did text you to say 14 is high for the Bills, so I'm just throwing that out there. But <laughs> what I would say though is take the fucking take the seven points. It's a half at that at that point. All they got to do is win the game and you win. And do you think the Ravens are gonna lose this game? No, I don't think they lose no this way. game. That's why There's I take no a money line. So just yeah, yeah, money line, monster, take money line. Yeah, monster it and just get get the four and a half. I mean, that, that's a, that's a that's a super a super <sighs> safe one. Is it though? Because if I took a monster on the Bills, I still lost that fucking game. Yeah, but again, 14 <laughs> is way different than seven and a half. If you're getting 13 off of that, you're sure. getting what, four and a half points, five points? My math is poor. So I need somebody to, to check me, maybe get out the closer calculator, the, 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 ab, the abacus, right? So, I mean, do you really think the Ravens, even if they go and lose, it's going to be a close game? I get that it's Thursday night. I get the Dolphins are at home. It's going to be rocking at the hard rock with it's not going to be rocking. It's going to be 10,000 people. No. They're going to show They're going to be up. depressed. All the Ravens. Right, exactly. Go. So I, I just, I think we're overthinking this one. Ravens are good. Dolphins suck. Dolphins let people beat up their quarterbacks. Next game. We have the Falcons four and four coming off a win over the saints who I don't know if they're good or not, but the Falcons, I know they're not good, but now they beat the saints. So I don't know playing the Cowboys. Cowboys are six and two just got shellacked by the Broncos. Cowboys open this at minus nine. Over-under is 54. I would not like to go first on this one. I know what I believe, but I don't. After last week, I'm not entirely sure. So, Jay, we're going to toss it to you first, my man. So, the Falcons have a horrible, 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 horrible rushing game. Absolutely fucking horrible. They can't move the damn ball at all unless they're throwing it to Cordero Patterson. That guy is the offense on the team. The Cowboys got beat by the Broncos' run game. Like, they got trampled by Javante Williams. He had over a hundred yards. I don't see that happening again, right? Mike Davis, I I got on my fantasy team. That guy averages like three points a game. He doesn't do shit. (laughs) He doesn't do shit. Doesn't do a damn thing. I don't expect that to change this week. In which case I take the Cowboys minus nine uh, after last week's performance. Mm, I don't know. I might take it in some ways. Oh, tease it it down. If you tease it down, I feel much, much better about it. I don't think the Cowboys lose this game. I think they beat them by probably a touchdown. Nine points might be a little bit high, but I I don't see the Falcons putting up the offense that needs to be put up in order to beat the Cowboys. 
Dude, it, it's 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 Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Those are the two offensive weapons that they really want to use. Now they did have Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had two touchdowns and I think like 50 plus yards receiving. So they did add one more person onto the stat sheet that actually was doing something, but it just feels like the saints didn't look at the offense and go, Hey, it's one of those two guys. Those are the guys that they're trying to beat us with the, the linebacking core for the Cowboys. When you think about Micah Parsons, um, some it's it, the coverage that they're going to put on those guys is better. I think than the saints are going to be able to put, they're going to match up a little bit better. You're not going to get so many. I mean, what freaking Patterson had like hundred plus yards receiving out of the backfield. So I just, I just feel like you're not going to be able to replicate that. They're going to be able to match up a bit better with some of the, you know, linebacking core against that. You know, we got stopped one tight end and one running back. It's not super scary. Nine and a half points or nine points. Definitely super scary. Alex, what are you, what are you thinking here? I'm thinking too, at this point in the week, I mean, today's Tuesday, we're recording a day early. Um, the Cowboys have probably gotten their butts shoot out quite a bit. And I bet there's a lot of like let down because the Cowboys think they're a Super Bowl team, right? They think they're that good. They're going to go toe to toe with the Buccaneers and they, they expect to be there, you know, playing in, in the playoffs. So for them to lose that game to the Broncos, like they did, I think they're going to come out with some fire. And then you look at the saints right now and I know they're next, but you look at the saints right now. And I think Sean Payton knows we're kind of getting away with some right now. We're five and three. They just lose to a not so good Falcons team. So I think he knows that like we're kind of taking advantage of the situation. So I think those two teams are in just different spots where the saints might be playing with, you know, house money right now, but the Cowboys are, are going out on a spree. They're trying to get what they can. So I do think that, you know, losing never great, but heading into this matchup, I'm definitely doing Cowboys minus nine. I'll probably uh, tease it. Cause I just nine is, is too much for me. Um, but I, I do like Cowboys minus two. That gives you a field goal and, and you're golden. We, we did this last week with the, the Broncos, the over under lines at 54. It might be something to explore in, in one of your monsters or your sweethearts. If you tease that up to, you know, 64, 67, under 67. I mean, there have been very few games this year that are getting close to 65 points across the two teams. That might be an opportunity. If you're kind of scared and don't really know what Cowboys team you're going to see and would rather just kind of have a little bit more assurances. I don't think you're going to see 67 points scored across these two offenses. I think one team, primarily the Cowboys is probably going to get out ahead. They're going to lean on the run game. They're going to start eating clock and not really scoring to the same degree as maybe they have in previous weeks. Even when they've blown guys out, they're not scoring 67 points. That's to me the, the safer option. If you're concerned about which Cowboys team you're going to get. I think to, to what I'm going to bet, here with with the Cowboys probably teased down to two just to layer in from last week's performance with the Falcons the Falcons like they they struggled so hard in the run game and that like I said is what beat the uh the Cowboys team right like the Broncos had 41 minutes of possession you're not going to see that same thing with the Falcons and barring that last drive that the Falcons had where Cordero Patterson had like a 50 60 yard bomb like the Falcons lose that game. They don't have the same type of offense that we saw Denver put in place to beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to game plan the shit out of this. Nine still feels a little bit tough, but, but two feels good for sure. Yeah. I love what you said, Jay, really it's the, the threat of the run that causes the Cowboys to have to focus on both facets of the game that allows 
Teddy Bridgewater open up the field and hit some guys that you're like, how's that guy? I mean, they were wide open, right? They're running across the field. No one's even remotely near them. So I think that's really good analysis that they, they're not going to be able to threaten you on both sides. They're going to be able to scheme out at least one side of the ball and go, go ahead, Matt Ryan, beat us. It's not going to happen. I want to, I really want to watch this, this next game coming up because it, it does involve the saints. So I, I think they're playing with a little bit of house money. Like I said, saints are five and three going uh, to Tennessee to play the Titans. Titans are seven and two coming off a monstrous win over the Rams coming off another monstrous win. The Titans are on this amazing role. They lose Derrick Henry. They beat, you know, quote unquote, one of the best teams in the league, maybe the best team in the league. They are minus three at home over under is 44 points. I'm Titans all the way. So Ricky, Ricky's going to go first, but I, I'm Titans all the way on this one. Minus three is easy. I don't think the Saints have it right now. They're playing with house money, but the Titans are our go-getters right now. Ricky? Alex, I'm with you. The last four weeks, the Titans have been underdogs and they've won all four games Chiefs, straight up. Bills, Rams. Who was, the, who was the last one? Oh man, you're, you're, you're catching me on the spot here. I'll, I'll get Google it. it. I'll Google it. it in the background. The other one that I want to shout out here is, is Jay. A couple weeks back, he talked about the pressure that that front four gets from the Titans. Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons are leading the league in most quarterback pressures. The Bro, secondary the is, it was the Colts. Okay. So, so, I mean, again, four playoff, t- I think they have beaten every playoff team from the previous year that they played so far this season. Now that doesn't include the Cardinals and granted, I think we've talked about that game ad nauseum and the weird game against the jets. So Titans look good. Even with the depleted backfield, they did what they needed to do to win the game. They got two turnovers. They're looking pretty solid. Their secondary starting to get a little healthy. I feel really, I don't know why it's only a three point spread. Uh, Saints did not look very good. Yeah. They scored 19 in the fourth quarter, but we've talked about the Falcons defense not super hot. So I really love that three point line. That is something I want to lock in and something that I've gotten a couple of different bets that I'm kind of scratching my fingers at and ready for the weekend for. I'm locking it too. That's a double lock. I'm with you on the Titans at, uh, at minus three. That one feels pretty safe to me. And if we look at the Titans against the spread, they're seven and two against the spread. Their record is seven and two. So they're winning the games, you know, by the amount that the spread is for all the games that they're winning. So minus three doesn't feel like it's too much of a feat for them to, to beat the Saints. And the Saints, stat. the Saints, you know, they got beat by Matt Ryan throwing it to one person, two people, Kyle Pitts and, and Cordell Patterson. The Titans have more weapons than that. They just have to show up. I know Tannehill didn't have like the greatest game last game. They didn't put up a lot of offense, but they had a killer defense. And they're just, uh, you know, when I look at them in totality against the Saints, like they're just a better team. I expect them to win by more than three. Ricky? The the thing with the, the Titans, too, is they don't get scared if the run's not working, right? There are plenty of games this season. I think it may have been against the Chiefs where they actually may, may, may have bottled up Derrick Henry. They're going to still run the ball 20, 25 times, whether they're getting yards or not. So no matter what, even if it's not a, you know resulting in these big gashing runs, it's wearing the defensive line down, but it's causing those linebackers to have to go, shit, is Julio going to be right behind me when I step up to go and try to get Peterson to try to get McNichols? And all of a sudden you get A.J. Brown, Julio, you know, any of those guys that come open on some of those crossing routes down the field. So I, that's the thing to me about the Titans is they want to punch you in the mouth. And even if it's not the knockout blow in the first quarter, second quarter, they don't stop. They're just going to keep doing it to the point where 
down the, you know, down the game, they're going to be able to continue to open up their offense and Tannehill just doesn't need to make a mistake, right? If he doesn't throw the big pick, if he continues to work the passing game or decides to again, pull it down and run it himself. I think the Titans are built and, and committed to that kind of style of smash mouth, physical run first offense that you don't really see a whole lot that, especially as you look toward January cold weather teams have a hard time with that. Derrick Henry may be coming back. I don't know. I don't know. You know, they didn't put him on IR, so who knows? Uh, I'm just going to say the two teams that are playing the next game, we're not going to talk about it outside of that. Jaguars are playing the Colts. Next. Uh, next, we're moving on to the Browns. The Browns are 5-4. and four. Patriots are also 5-4. and four. This is an, a surprisingly interesting game. Uh, Patriots are uh, at home. It's minus one. For the Patriots, we have over under a 45. Patriots are back in it, man. And it's not not great. And I think the Browns were were a little bit higher. Now they've fallen, but they kind of took a big step there, you know, being the Bengals. This is an interesting game. This is an interesting game. Jay, do you have any thoughts? What are, what are your opening thoughts? What's your opening statements on this? I really like this game. Not so much to bet, but more so to watch, right? Like this is a really All in good on game. All in. You have a you have a pretty good Patriots team. I know Ricky's like on the fence about calling them a good team, but I think it's a pretty good Patriots team against a pretty good Browns team. And the Browns are going to be without Chubb, without Kareem Hunt. So it's a, it's a Dearness Johnson game here. Um, so you're not getting the Browns at the full strength, which I think might skew this a little bit for me in favor of the Browns, but without Chubb seeing what he did last week uh, and destroying the Bengals, this, this shapes up to be a really interesting game. And I think for the Pats, like they just need to control the turnover, uh, the turnover game here, and they have a real chance of winning. The line is what Pats minus one, so it's yeah, it's pretty anything, damn near. Anything even. wins, yeah. Anything can happen, um, but I do like the Pats in this game, right? They're the home team. They're facing a Browns team that that is pretty hurt, doesn't have their their uh, their duo in the backfield. So I feel good, you know, taking the Pats. I feel like this game too has a little bit of a Belichick like mind game where it's like the Browns just beat the Bengals and we thought the Bengals were good. So the Browns must be good time for me to kill the Browns. Like that just, this is, this seems to be a game that Belichick enjoys going into and really enjoys defensively smashing a team, especially I feel like there's a lot of like, you know, Baker and OBJ and Baker's inaccurate and this and this and this, I feel like, you know, Belichick loves getting those stories and just making them even worse than they were before. So I, I go with the, the Patriots on this one, Ricky, bring us home well i just want to i'm going to take a sidestep here for a second and i just the, the Bengals are on by i just want to shout out that on october 31st they were the number one seed in all of the afc and now as of november Those 8th the Bengals are in last place in the afc north so for, they've oh gone gosh. from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the hill you know, you said I on think October will, 31st was that. Yeah, like, Halloween spook, days ago? spooky season. They oh were they were God, the top of the AFC, really spooky. and now they've fallen off. You know, I think this the, the thing that I really enjoyed about watching the Browns last week as they they step away and they they no longer move forward with the Baker experiment. Sadly, it just seems like, or, or rather, the OBJ. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ba- Baker just seems much more comfortable without him on the field. I don't know what it is. Those guys oil and water they they never blend it, it was something super weird i am interested to see if dearness johnson can put up the productivity that chubb did right i mean chubb has this explosive nature where he can bust off those 70 yard runs 
he's just so big and so thick, but he's so fast at the same time. Stefanski, the run scheme is going to be there, but can the Patriots stand up, stop that run offense and force them to throw the ball? I think that's more of the the weakness that you look at. If you, you kind of think about Baker and, you know, still some of the team trying to get healthy. Jarvis has recently coming off of IR. Peoples Jones has been on the, the injury report a couple of times. Now, the big thing though, the thing that the Patriots are going to need to do is we've talked about it a couple of times, that versatility, they need to give multiple looks. If they allow, if, if they get behind and it turns into the Mac throwing exercise experiment, they're going to get killed. They teed off last week and had five sacks. Like, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be able to take and come back from a 14 point, even maybe even a 10 point deficit, right? I get that it's at home, but they're going to really need to control that time of possession, stack the box and say, Baker, go beat us. The secondary is good enough. They had three interceptions last week. I think they've got the, the goods enough that they will be able to play competitively kind of in the same way that you saw when they took on the Chargers. So I, I love this game. I've thrown a, this game as a monster in a couple of bets, but I probably shouldn't have because, like you guys said, it's going to be super close and going to be really fun to watch. Their defense, the Pats' defense really needs to play like they've been playing, right? Like if the Pats' defense lets them down, then this could be a this could be a completely different game because Mac Jones doesn't really put up a ton of numbers. You kind of want Not him to put all. up some numbers here. But at the same time, like what you need the most is you need the Pats' defense to really play like they've been playing, have those turnovers, what they have three picks against Sam Darnold too, and a bunch of sacks. So you we need said that. Seeing ghosts. We said that. Yeah. And it's true. Like you need that to happen against the Browns to really keep them at bay and to win this game. If you let that get away from you, then it could be a completely different, uh, completely different outcome. And that's, you know, that's why the Pats are only minus one. Last thing on this one, maybe it's kind of similar to the Titans where the Patriots are committed to the run. Yes. They, they will look for the past and they will look to open play action, but they're going to continue to hit the run, whether they're getting the yards or not kind of the same way that the Titans are. They're obviously not as gifted in the run game as the Titans, but I think they have more versatility in their weapons. You kind of know what the Titans, it's one of those two receivers, right? With the Patriots, they've got so many options of people coming out of the backfield, those two tight ends, the wide receivers, they can give you so many more looks than I think the Titans can that make it challenging for a defense, but damn, that Browns defense is, is really good. I'm excited for this game. Gonna be a good one. Gonna be a good one. Moving on, we're gonna we're gonna go to Jay first for this one. Bills are five and three after their loss to the Jags. The Lions minus thirteen. Jay in favor of the Bills. They're playing the Jets. Jets are at home. It's Jets are two and six. Over under is forty seven and a half. Oh, we're, we're, we'll do this one quickly, Jay. What are, what are you thinking? I'm Ricky. We're not even gonna speak on this one. Jay, the floor is yours. Bills minus thirteen. Take it away, buddy. I think I learned my lesson last week, right? Bills minus 14 against a shitty Jags team. Wasn't, I mean, it had all the markings to be, yeah, they should win by 14, but they didn't. They lost the damn game. They didn't even win the game. They lost the game. So when I see Bills minus 13 against a Jets team that I've seen beat some decent teams, I am afraid. I'm afraid of that 13. I will tease them down. I will still put my faith in the Bills. They are a good team. They have the potential to be a great team. They just have to, in Josh Allen's words, want it more. And, you know, you have a, a five and three team against a two and six team. Who, who really wants it more? I don't know, right? They both want it. The Jets obviously are playing for something. They want it to some degree. And the Bills, like, 
they lost out on a game that they should have won last week that would have helped them continue their run in the AFC to challenge for that for that bye. So the Bills have to win this game. 13 is scary to me after what they did to me last week. So I'm going to tease it down, take them at minus six. I think they win by a touchdown or more. I wouldn't be surprised to see 13 or more, but just to be safe because of what they did to me last week, I am not taking that 13 line. I'm going to tease it down. Bills minus six over the Jets. What a great lesson from Jay. Learn from your past mistakes. Get smarter. Make better bets. Way to go, Jay. Just really great. Uh, next game we're going to. Uh, Lions, they are back in action. 0-8. Oh, they didn't get a win over the bye, but they didn't lose, so good for them. Steelers are 4-3. and three. They are minus 9. Over-under is 44. I think that's all we're going to say about this game. I think we're all in the Steelers. Anybody have any... Any pressing needs? Any thoughts? Jay, you got anything you want to add? Ricky, go ahead. Jay kind of called this out last week that the margin that they're winning by is really not dramatic for the Steelers, right? I mean, there's really only one game that they've had more than like an eight-point victory. So I, again, it's the Lions. I'm staying away from this one because they scare the the crap out of me just because football is going to happen. I'm trying to see what the, what the Steelers are against the spread this year. They're only three and five, which is really rough uh but the lions are also oh and eight against the spread so um classic lions yeah i don't really know i yeah. i here's what i, I know here's, here's what on i know one. don't don't bet the game don't bet the game if you no, have to no, bet, no 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 if you have to bet bet the Steelers, but don't bet the game jay no, no, no. do something better don't pick a team bet the over under right i'm gonna tease that over under down seven points i'm gonna take over 37 i'm gonna hope for some points i've seen the steelers put up some points I've seen the Lions also get blown out. So it could go in any which direction. <laughs> no, we don't bet the Lions, the, damn it. No, I'm bet I'm not <laughs> betting the Lions. I'm betting the the over under. Different. You're betting that they Jay, contribute. They contribute Jay, to I don't know. the number, baby. I don't Different. know, man. Looking at the Lions, Lions are one of the last teams in the NFL. They're on average scoring 16.8. Steelers, not much better, scoring 20.1. You add those two together and you're not covering hey, not that there. line. Not hey, there. But... But look at it this way. Look at it this way. The Lions have been getting blown out. Last game against the Eagles, 44 to 6. That's over 37. Only 28 to 19. Hey, it doesn't matter. 28 to 19 against the Rams. That's over 37. Only 34 to 11. 19 to 7. I'm not going to talk about that game, but 24 to 14. <laughs> okay. You know, there is potential for a team to score points against them. 37 doesn't seem like a lot. I could see that happening. I'm rooting for over 37. All I'm hearing is there's five games that the Lions have barely scored two touchdowns. But I love your enthusiasm. You go ahead and you uh you 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 go all in on the Lions. Jay, I remember You're when I was it. I remember when I was a boy back in week four, and I thought, you know what? <laughs> The Lions, the Lions can't be as bad as I think they are. And they, they looked really good last week. So I'm going to put some money on them. I think they can do it. And then they failed me. Bro, and the Jags I, beat the Bills. Hey, hey, hey. And anything then I grew up, Jay, I grew up Literally a little bit. In, in week five, I thought, you know what? Instead of betting for the Lions, I'm going to be a little bit smart. I'm going to bet against them. And then they stepped up to the plate and smashed me in the face. So now it's week 10 and I'm a full grown man. And I've learned to just stay away from the Lions. And maybe one day you'll be where I'm at, but. I'm not picking the Lions. I mean, you're not picking the Lions, but you're picking them to do something, which. I'm not even picking them to do something. I'm picking them to not do something. Okay. And so for here, the Steelers. To, if they can't, if something. they can't score points, I don't think the Steelers are going to score 37 points on anybody. This game sucks too much for us to have talked so long about it. 
But Jay, I really like your take about instead of betting on a shitty game, bet the over under. That's really creative of you. Next game is the Bucks at Washington. The Bucks are six and two, minus nine and a half. Washington's two and six. 51 and a half is the over under. I think the Bucks are going to crush the Washington football team. I think this is not the playoff that where, where Washington looked good. I don't think we're going to get this feel good moment where it's like, whoa, they're going to recreate that playoff magic and make it close. No. Bucks are world beaters coming off a loss to the Saints. They go on by. Washington is is crumbling apart two and six. It's not happening this year. It's not, it's not, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be close to the playoffs. This this is a, a tease game for me. You get it to two and a half. You win the you win by a field goal and you're good. I honestly feel good with nine and a half. That's still high for me. I, I'm not, you know, not in that that camp, but nine and a half, I think it's gonna be a little bit of a blowout. I don't have much more to add to this game. I think Alex called it called it right out. Bucks are a better team. Washington football team's not good. Nine and a half. I get that it's almost double digits, but 10 points for Brady coming off a bye. Hopefully you're getting back Gronk. Hopefully you're getting back Antonio Brown. This is one of those games, Leonard Fournette, maybe you look at the over, maybe you look at anytime touchdown score. Definitely something I'm working into almost all of my teasers. This is a very comfortable game that feels feels right. Maybe it feels too good, but I'm going to go with it just feeling feeling just right. But do you feel good about the Bucks at nine and a half? I do. I think nine I, and a half. I, I the do Bucks, as well. Like I, you know what? I think at the beginning of the season, and I think you know this might have a little bit of like the Chiefs where it was like, Chiefs are so good and Washington football team's defense is so good, but it hasn't been good. Like they haven't been this competitive team where it's like, we can put in, you know, a bandaid at a quarterback and we can, you know, kind of limp by on the strength of our defense. They haven't been doing that. And I just, I, I don't think the bucks, the super bowl champion bucks are the team to be like, you know, who's going to make a mistake this week, Tom Brady. He's not, he's not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, they're six and two against the spread. They're the number one team passing in the league they're the number one team scoring in the league for the bucks you gotta feel pretty good about that and then when you look on the other side the washington defense is last in passing i, I don't know it just feels that's the feels stat, right. that's the stat that i need that's the stat that i need bucks are first they're last let me add this stat washington is one in seven against the spread so yeah sounds sounds right sounds right i thought you're gonna hit us with well uh washington has actually covered the spread <laughs> five out of four times oh, i thought so. he was gonna hit us with uh you know what it's bet a rain the, game bet the over under oh. god damn it <laughs> all right go bucks uh we're going uh panthers four and five coming off sam darnold seeing ghosts again going to arizona to play the cardinals cardinals coming off a no kyler no hop win they're eight and one spread is minus nine and a half in favor of the cardinals over under is 44 and a half this is a cardinals game to me if anybody would like to go first, I've been taking the first the first step. So we're going to let Jay go first on this one. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I think this is also a Cardinals game. So there are actually two different bets that I'm going to throw in this game. So I think the over-under right now is, is low how it is, but I'm going to tease that over-under down to 37.5, and, and I'm going to take the over. I think that it's completely possible that 37.5 is definitely hit between the, the Panthers and the Cardinals. But I'm also going to take – the Cardinals, you know, I'm going to tease it down and take the Cardinals minus two and a half. I originally put the Cardinals money line, but I feel good about the Cardinals winning by, by more than three points. They've got a lot to play for, right? They are the number one team in the league. They want to continue that, that amazing feat that 
no one thought was possible. They want to ride this to nine and one, 10 and one, 11 and one. And the Panthers are a team that they can completely beat. Um, I buried the Panthers a couple weeks ago. I still don't feel hot about them. So I'm taking the Cardinals, you know, minus two and a half and tease that over under down to 37 and a half. And I'm going to take both of those things. I think for the Cardinals too, Jim, I'm going to interject Ricky really quick. They get a freaking gift with the Rams losing. And I think for them to, to have this opportunity right now to put a little bit of difference distance between them and the Rams in this loaded NFC, you have to capitalize against a crummy team like this. We still play Dallas. We play the Rams again. These, these crummy games are huge. We need them. So I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to lose. And I think two and a half is a great, a great number. And the Packers, man, it was nice that they lost. I mean, we're atop the NFC by ourselves now. I mean, it's, it's great to be in this position. The Cardinals showing you that they can get it done regardless of who's under center. The, the biggest difference, I think, when you look back to the, the Niners game from the previous go around in this one, you get Rodney Hudson back. There was so much space that they created in the running game. You, you, I mean, I don't want to disparage, you know, Benjamin, great guy. I love these from Arizona state, but he's definitely not a starting running back in the NFL. And he was getting big gains, right? I mean, three touchdowns for James Connor, 163 yards rushing for the Cardinals. When was the last time you saw a Cardinals team go out there and go off for 150 plus yards Connor showing you that he is one of the most versatile backs in the league. He went off for a big screenplay too. Tough to see that Chase Edmonds is hurt and potentially out for a couple of weeks. Hopefully you pick hot back up. Hopefully you pick Kyler back up. Cardinals defense looks awesome too. A little bit of that bend don't break. There were a couple of times that you went, Oh no, Niners are driving. What's going to happen. Kittle with a big play fumble. We recover it. Oh no. Driving down the field. Brandon, Ayuk. Should we touch him when he's down? Nope. Gets back up. Isaiah Simmons forcing a fumble, right? The Cardinals are so much different than previous years where normally those plays happen and they drive down the field and they score touchdowns. So I think it's a little um, misleading. You look at 326 passing yards for Garoppolo, only 17 points put up. There were definitely opportunities that they should have scored that they didn't just by the Cardinals kind of taking advantage there. So the Panthers, that nine and a half does not scare me at all. I'll probably take it straight up. I'm also going to put it in as a couple of my monster plays as kind of lock, locking in for the week. I think that's going to be one of my other ones that I feel really strongly about that the Cardinals are just getting it done. However they need to with whoever's on the field. I also that's don't a, know. A double if, lock. If, I don't know if Sam Darnold is going to play. I want to, I don't know what his prognosis is, but I heard something like a fractured shoulder collarbone. I might be misquoting that, but something along those lines that he might not be playing. If you're the Panthers and you went all in on Sam Darnold and went, damn, we're just one piece away. All we need is a quarterback. H- how are you feeling right now? I mean, the you finally get back McCaffrey, and he does nothing last week. Granted, good run defense for the Patriots. But if you're a Panthers fan, you got to be feeling awful. Defense actually looks decent. They got good players on that side of the ball. I would not be surprised if you see a pick. At some point, Stephon Gilmore finally back. He's played two games this year. He has two interceptions. Might be one of those fun little, uh, you know, kind of extra flavors that you throw into a Cardinals game that maybe he goes and, and gets an interception. But I, if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm feeling pretty shitty when you think back a couple of years of them beating the Cardinals in the playoffs and going to a Super Bowl. Now, how the mighty have fallen. Bro, you're, you're feeling just like Dan Campbell. You're, you're crying after almost every game. You're thinking like, Damn, dude, we're getting Jared Goff. That is 
it, man. Matthew Stafford sucked ass. Nah, man. Nah, you're, you're hurting. You're hurting. Big time. I want you to show me the Lions fan that was like, whoa, Jared Goff. <laughs> like, they don't exist, man. But I understand what you're trying to say. I, I think the Cardinals are going are gonna to be fine. Uh, next game, I have no take on this game. I have no idea what to say. It's Vikings. They are three and five. We every every note that we have says that they're pesky because they are. They're going to LA to play the Chargers. Chargers are five and three. Chargers are opening minus two and a half. Over under is 52. I don't have a take. Chargers need the win. The Vikings have needed all of their wins. They are so close. Chargers, Chargers are dropping the ball before our very eyes here. I, I, I'm going to stay away from this one just because I don't know. Ricky, Ricky's going to tell us first. Go ahead, Rick. Dude, pesky is the best way to put it. So Vikings are now the third team in NFL history to lose three games in a season in which they've committed zero turnovers and have been at least plus two on the takeaway battle. Three, third team ever, ever. So they are pesky. They like to float around. If you look back this last week when they played the Ravens, They've got offensive weapons, right? They jump out to an early lead. They just let it slip through their fingers. Again, their secondary is not super great. Front four, relatively solid. I don't know which version of Justin Herbert you're going to get in this game. He could go off and, I mean, he barely beat the Eagles, and then you've got it where he beats the Browns by 10 points. So I personally kind of like the Vikings after having watched quite a bit of their film against the Browns watching some of the time that they played against the Cardinals, frankly, watching this game last weekend, I got some head, head shake inside to side from both your note. The other your note says chargers, Ricky. Listen, we did a little bit of additional film analysis between when we first made our pod notes. And when we come back, I, I didn't realize that we were, uh, once we put it from uh, uh, keys to keys to fingers, that I couldn't change my mind. So it just means I can give you shit about it because I saw what you were thinking and I see that you changed it. Don't change it now. It means nothing. It means nothing. Yeah, I mean, I I picked the Vikings originally on on the dock. Hey, way to go, Um, Yeah, They are a pesky team, though, and you look at at the Chargers' past few games and they've let teams hang around with them. So, you know, this is a game that uh, if the Vikings do a little bit better than what they've done in the past, they finish the game and, and they win. Right. The Chargers beat the Eagles 27 to 24. It's a three point game. Definitely doable for the Vikings to win. Lost in New England 27 to 24. Got smoked by Baltimore. Beat the beat the Browns by only, you know, five points. So it's, you know, the Chargers are a team that let other teams hang around and, and the Vikings are a team that are always hanging around. So I could see this, you know, turning in the favor of the Vikings and them getting a win here. And also as a Raiders fan, like I am rooting for the Vikings to win. Right. I need the Chargers to lose. The fourth quarter of this game is going to be really sick with the Chargers losing the game, like letting it go in the Vikings, like still being, you know, there. Like, I think that's the fourth quarter is going to be really fun to watch. That will be a fun one on, on Sunday. I think it's going to come down to it. And frankly, uh, Kirk Cousins has shown you he's not scared of a big moment. He's come back multiple times this season and his defense has let him down. The Vikings defense are top five in takeaways this season. They've got 11, seven of those being interceptions the others being fumbles. They're also top three in sacks. So they've got 27 sacks on the year. They've got, again, their defense is pretty strong. They are second to last in rushing yards allowed. Uh, the last team is the Chargers. The great part is the Chargers' strength is not in their rushing attack. It's in their passing attack. So where the Vikings are poor, 
they're not going to get exploited. I, I think you're going to see a lot of turnovers in the favor of the Vikings favor. It's going to come down to it. It's going to be a close hard fought game because both these teams, for whatever reason, don't like to attempt to win football games. They just want to see what happens when the clocks turn triple zeros. But I uh, am going to revert on what I put in the pod doc and say Vikings. One thing that I want to call out to, I think when you look at these two teams and you look at their top players, right? You've got Chargers and Austin Eckler. You've got Vikings and Dalvin Cook. Stat-wise, I feel like those two are pretty close. You look at the Vikings, you got Justin Jefferson. You look at the Chargers and you've got Keenan Allen. Those two are also pretty close. And then you look at the quarterback play. The one thing that I will call out, which is what you called out, Ricky, is that the Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't turn over the ball a lot, but the Vikings defense does create a lot of turnovers. And when you look at the comparison between Cousins and Herbert, Herbert turns the ball over more than Cousins does. So from my perspective, I feel like the Vikings and, and Cousins have more consistent play. They have a worse you know, record and they tend to lose games, but they have more consistency in their play than the Chargers do. So if you, you, know, if you get a Chargers team that isn't playing at, uh, at their top level and Herbert is turning the ball over, then this is absolutely a Vikings game, right? Like I feel good about putting my money on consistency in the way that the Vikings have played. We know that they're pesky. And we know that the Chargers have let some, some bad teams hang around. And to me, that's why I'm going to put some money on the underdog this week. I'm all in on that one, too. We're going to go to the next game. We got Eagles, three and six, going two mile high to play the Broncos. They're five and four, coming off that win over the Cowboys. Broncos are minus three, over unders 44 and a half. This is a surprisingly important game for the Broncos all of a sudden, right? They were three and oh drop some win you know now now they're five and four we said they're you know half game back because they've played one more game from the Chargers and the Raiders this is a huge game for them Eagles have been close at times but the Broncos right here that's a great win against the Cowboys this could be a good a good you know stepping stone for them six and four is not a bad record it's not great but that's definitely you're putting it together you're taking those steps in the right direction Broncos minus three I'll probably tease it, just give you a little bit of insurance there, but I, I do like the Broncos this week. Ricky, go ahead. I'm staying away from this game. Broncos scare me. First four games, they look like world beaters. Next four, they look abysmal. Are we going to get the team that goes and rushes for 190-plus yards against the Cowboys, one of the top teams in the league? Or are you going to get the team that's going to show up and get thumped by, at the time, a not very good Steelers team and lose four games consecutively? I get that the Eagles have – a bad defense but they have shown you that they can score points on defenses broncos are probably one of the more stout defenses that they faced but did they get up for a game against the nfc division leader and now they're going to go play a team they go ah we got this and kind of buy into their own hype and, and maybe this is a little bit of a letdown game i don't know but i'm not sticking around to find out one thing really quickly before we before we go on to jay's take is that the Steelers are right in the mix for their division. So I know I'm guilty of it too, where I say they're not a very good team, but I think we kind of need to just think about how we speak about the Steelers because for whatever reason, they are, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're, they're a bad team, you know, as much as we like to say. So I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Go ahead, Jay. I don't know how to pick this game to be completely honest. I don't feel great about either team and it could just be a matter of who wants it more and who shows up to play. But, if I had to pick this game, which I do because I bet on all the games, I think I'm going to take the Eagles and tease the spread down to plus 10. The Broncos did show that they can blow out a team. 
I don't know if they can do that back to back. The Eagles have shown that they can stick around with the team. They've also shown that they can be blown out. But I think if we look at consistency, if we look at the teams themselves, the Eagles to me feel like they're maybe not getting better every week, but over the, you know, the trend over the past few weeks are that they're, they're getting better. They're finding some rhythm. They're doing some more things. And the Broncos don't have that same trend to me. Um, so I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Eagles plus 10. That's probably a unpopular take here, but if we, if we can learn anything from last week is that anything can happen and Eagles plus 10, I'm i uh, I'm going to ride with them this week. We'll, we'll talk about the next game. It's a conditional interest in this game for me because it's Seahawks three and uh, three and five. I obviously don't want to watch the game on that merit alone, um, but Russell Wilson could be back this week. He's been cleared to play. Uh, playing the Packers, they're going to Lambeau. Packers are seven and two. Um, Mr. Immunized might be playing as well. Packers are minus four and a half. Over under is 49 and a half. I do just want to say that the Packers were able to uh, mess with the Chiefs a little bit in, you know, in the worst way possible for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I also do want to say, though, the Seahawks weren't a good team before Russell Wilson went out. They had him for, you know, I think it was like what? If they played eight, they've had him for six, five, five or six of those games. You know, you get Russell Wilson back. Did you really fix everything in, in a couple of weeks that he was out? I'm not positive, but I, I definitely go Packers. Minus four and a half seems, seems easy to me. Mr. Immunize versus Mr. Unlimited. That was a, a great one for you, Alex. Uh, if you in. look at the, the the Cowboys game and you have Dak that finally comes back from being injured for two weeks and being out of sync and out of rhythm, do we really think that uh, – Russell Wilson going on the field on Thursday night football, Sunday night football and running a fake two minute drill is going to keep him in rhythm with his teammates. I don't, if you look at the Seahawks over their career against the Packers, Russell Wilson has struggled. He's four and four against the team, uh, 59% completion rating less than 210 yards passing averaging 1.4 touchdowns per game, 1.3 interceptions per game. It just seems like the Packers kind of have his number. You're going to get Aaron Rodgers, who's pissed off, coming back, revved up on uh, Ivermectin, feeling pretty good. You're finally getting some of those pieces back that you didn't have in the last few weeks that the, the Packers had to be a little more creative. The offense from LaFleur, they kind of had to focus on different ways of beating teams. Now you're getting a guy who can just say, all I need is one yard of space, and I'm going to put the ball right on the money for whoever. I think Aaron Rodgers comes out and absolutely blows out the Seahawks Four and a half does not scare me at all. It's probably my third lock of the week that I feel really, really good about there. I'm with you on that. And if we look at the Packers against the spread, they're eight and one. So the only game that they lost against the spread was that game against the Saints at the beginning of the season, right? So they even covered last week against the Chiefs. Um, so I think any way that you swing this, I feel like the Packers are going to cover that spread. Uh, they are the better team between you know, themselves in the Seahawks. So four and a half, like you said, Ricky, it doesn't scare me. I'm going to take the Packers minus four and a half. All about it. All about it. Going to, I think this is an interesting game on Sunday night. Very important for our boy Jay here. Chiefs are five and four uh, minus three, which is, I don't know what to think anymore about football. Minus three going into Las Vegas. Raiders are five and three. Uh, still ahead of the Chiefs in the division. They're uh, over under is 52. Ah, man, goddamn! I think this one's Raiders money line. They they dropped the ball last week. They had it against the Giants. They should have won that game. Chiefs are not a good team. I think this is the first. They're still getting points though, right? They're coming in. 
to Las Vegas as the away team. They are the favorites. So you have a home dog here. We have the home dog as the Raiders. A lot of tumult going on with the Raiders organization. But again, Chiefs not looking good. Jordan Love, Packers have a, you know, a strong defense. But, I mean, I'm leaning Raiders on this one. These are two teams that have to win, right? Like this is – it's a divisional rivalry. It's a, you know, it's a division that's neck and neck. And, and neck and could, neck. And neck and neck. And this could ultimately decide, like, who – who gets that spot, whether it's, you know, whether it's first in the, in the division or, or the wildcat. So I don't know. These games are really tough to call because the Raiders and the chiefs usually trade a game. Um, The Raiders are horrible in Kansas city. So I think they've got a better chance of winning this game than they do the next. So for that reason, I might take uh, my Raiders in this game, but it's going to be tough. We've seen the chiefs be consistently bad, but we've seen the Raiders be inconsistently good. So I don't know who you get this coming week. I think for uh, the sake of the Raiders and the Raiders fans, like they got to come out showing out because last week you see their game against the Giants. And that was a game that, oh man, for the life of the Raiders and, and their likelihood of making the playoffs, like that was a game that you needed to win. You couldn't lose that game and they lost it. So they have to be coming out with a little bit extra fire. The Chiefs, we've been giving them too much respect all year. Like I said, they've been consistently bad. Um, And the Raiders put up a lot of, you know, offensive yards against the giants last week. So I can see that the, the stat line is, is going to be favorable for the Raiders, or they're at least going to put up some good numbers because they should against the shitty chiefs defense. They just have to not turn the ball over. Like they can't be shooting themselves with turnovers or penalties. If they can control that side of the game, they can win this game. Um, but I'm going to ride with my boys Raiders money line this week. Raiders. The things that the Raiders aren't good at, the chiefs are equally not good at. So the, the run Rush defense, defense for the Raiders, the, the chiefs don't have any answer there. I think the thing, when you look on the other side, the, the chiefs have really struggled to run the ball. That is frankly going to be a, a good thing for the Raiders. They're going to be able to put their front four who has shown that they can get after the quarterback and they're just going to drop seven in coverage and do what the bills and other teams have said to the chief and say, Patrick Mahomes, go beat us. You got Tyree kill Kelsey, go beat us. I feel pretty good. I think it's going to be a Josh Jacobs game. If the Raiders are going to win, Josh Jacobs is going to need to go off, have over a hundred yards rushing time. Possession is going to need to be pretty strong in that favor. And you just got to take your lumps. I think that they'll get, points i think that the the chiefs will score 17 or so but i think that if the raiders are able to minimize the mistakes that jay you you talked about there i think they've got the ability to go out and win a close fought game i think if you're gonna pick the raiders i think you gotta go money line because what's the odds they're gonna win by one point i think you just kind of say screw it and hope for the raiders to kind of pull one out and time possession this thing away yeah i don't know if the i don't know if josh jacobs is at full strength he's seemed limp like the past few weeks like he comes in and he'll have some good runs and then he kind of like hobbles off the field and it makes me a little bit nervous but you know you're right like the Raiders can't make those mistakes they they have to play a good game through and through Josh Jacobs needs to run the ball he ran well last week he just needs to you know come out decently healthy and and swing the ball to to Kenyon Drake as well and, and spread the field 
it helps that we get Deshaun Jackson. I doubt he's going to play this week just because of playbook and, and being so new. But, you know, the Raiders wide receivers also need to help Derek Carr. Brian Edwards can't be dropping every single pass that comes his way. You know, he needs to run some deep threats so that we can play Hunter Renfro, you know, in the middle, run Kenyon Drake out the back, have Josh Jacobs rip five, six, seven yards on a run. Um, and that's, that's really going to be key. What, I, what I've heard about the, the playbooks from McVay to Gruden is they're actually not too dissimilar. So there is some speculation that you may see Deshaun Jackson this week. That, that thing you called out about Kenyon Drake that is, to me, he's one of the more versatile secondary backs where he can run between the tackles, but he also is that guy that in the shotgun, he's going to be able to get out in the flat, get the ball in space and make people move. He showed that with you last year. He's shown that with you back when he was with the dolphins, he's a versatile back. So if, if Josh Jacobs isn't fully healthy, I think you can get a pretty productive game and, and Kenyon Drake this year has shown that he can do that. So I think if you're able to get Deshaun in, even if it's for, 40% of the plays and there's a little bit of that fear where you can't crowd the box and kind of open things up for threat. Waller underneath or Kenyon or some of the other Renfro right across the middle. I think that there's enough there that it, it creates that confusion again, right? It's the threat that you may run, you may pass. It could be deep. It could be short intermediate. It just creates that space where the chiefs defense can't focus on one area and has to protect the whole field and protect against both the run and the pass. And it causes over time you to allow that playbook to open up a little bit and car to create some of those seven, eight, nine, ten play drives that he's been shown that he can do. And maybe you get lucky and all of a sudden somebody gets behind, you know, a safety and you get a 40 yard chunk play from, from Waller. So I, I definitely think Kenyon Drake is, is a good substitute if, if Jacob isn't fully healthy. We have found a way to, to, exhaust most of our time you know i've really enjoyed this podcast being a little more into each episode so we're going to kind of zip through this last one here uh i think it's pretty cut and dry rams are seven and two coming off the loss of the titans minus four going to san francisco to play the niners the niners are three and five coming off a loss of the cardinals a disappointing loss probably for niners fans uh over under is 49 i'm on the rams they're they're going to get their shit together they're going to go smack the niners if the niners can't beat the cardinals with cole mccoy no hop no aj green you know, Chase Edwards leads, no Kyler Murray. They're not going to beat the Rams. 12, 12 penalties for 115 yards last week from the Rams. That, that was, was the, huge. The, the story we didn't talk about in the Tennessee game. Is that going to happen again? No. Absolutely not. So I, I agree with you. I don't, I'm a little surprised minus four. When you look at the performances it's low, offensively, right? it, it's, it's kind of surprising that betters are, are for, and Vegas, frankly, is, is disrespecting the Rams in that way and saying, Hey, we have no faith in you, even though, it's one game, right? It's football happens. Football happened last week. I don't see lightning striking twice. I think the Rams covering that four is, is pretty safe. And the Niners are horrible against the spread. I think they're two and six against the spread. So I also feel pretty good about the Rams minus four. They're, they're a really good team and they're playing for a lot too, right? Like they've got a really tough division. They're playing really against the Cardinals. So they have to win every game that they can. And this is a game that they absolutely should win. And our division, too, just is such a division that Seattle sucks right now, and then all of a sudden they're going to be making a Super Bowl run. So, you know, I just have to put that out there that I freaking hate those guys, but they never die, and that's why they're not buried. That has been the games for the week. That was our recap for the week. We're going to burn through our top picks of the week. Ricky is amazing at this. He calls out his locks. I'm going to throw mine out there. Love the Titans this week. They are going to continue to roll 
Saints don't stand a chance. Rams, we just did it really quickly over the Niners. Not really much of a of a contest there. And the last one, we have the Cardinals going against the Panthers. I did just see that there was a Schefter tweet. Sam Darnold's going to be missing uh, potentially a couple of weeks. He has some some shoulder injury. So their backup um, is, I think. P.J. Walker, maybe. P.J. PJ Walker. And I do believe that P.J. Walker uh, at one point was an Arizona hot shot. So a little fun, full circle uh-huh. there, everybody. Okay. We did watch P.J. Walker play um, in the only is game. Is this home field advantage for him? <laughs> it must be. He's coming this home, baby. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. But yeah, I mean, if San Donald was out there seeing ghosts, I don't know if this guy's going to, you know, fare any better, but you know, I'm not worried about it. The only thing that would, you know, potentially move that line in a crazy manner, I guess, is whether Kyler or not plays, but I only see it if it's nine and a half right now, I, you have to think that's a Kyler play in line. So, but either way, Cardinals, Cardinals will be fine. Yeah. They pulled that one off DraftKings while we were talking. I was trying to look at some of the, the details on the, the Panthers and that line's no longer out there, so I'm sure they're recalibrating now that we got the. Uh, it's only going to be worse. It's only going to be worse. Yeah, it's only going to. Yeah, worse. I know. And that now, now that's going to get a little scary. I'm glad I kind of locked some of those in, but yeah, let's uh, let's jump into my my locks of the week. Uh, going to go into the Packers minus four and a half. We talked about it. Seahawks. I don't think they're going to find the rhythm with uh, Russell coming off of of IR. Titans minus three. Still a little surprised that they're kind of disrespecting that way. And then I snuck this one in there. I well, get that I changed well, my take, well. but. <laughs> The Vikings plus two and a half. Um, I just think the turnovers, we talked about it, the, the versatility on offense, and and it's going to be a little bit of a, a shootout. I'm probably going to sweat this one out and, and maybe regret it, but you know what? I'm sticking to my guns, two and a half Vikings. Yeah. Sticking to your guns, to, okay. Throw her over to, yeah, throw, sticking to my guns that I, I'm going to just trade out halfway through. Let's uh, throw it to Jay, Jay. To, 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 to wrap it up on, uh, on his locks for the week. Yeah, I'll burn through this pretty quick. So I've got the Bucks money line. I feel good about them against the Washington football team. That should be a, a lock to me. Titans minus three, similar to you guys. I feel very similar about the Titans, and, and they've shown, especially after last week, they've really proven that they are a team that wants to win and that will do whatever it takes to win. And then the third is the Cardinals. I'm going to tease the over-under, but I'm going to take over 37.5, which that line might change now with, with P.J. Walker coming into play. but if you can snag that over under at uh, at 37 and a half or similar, I feel pretty good about that over 37 and a half for the cards. All right. There's our locks for the week. So we're going to wrap this up. We have, uh, it seems that we, the, the same game parlay, we still love those, but I think the, the thing that's got the apple of our eye here is, or what is, is it? The apple of our eye. That's the same apple of our eye here is really on these monsters. So we're going to let Jay walk us through the monster of the week, baby. What, what, what are we liking this week for some monster points? Yeah, so we're going to take the Cowboys under 67 points. We're also going to take the Cardinals over 31 and a half points. Like those should be pretty much locks. Bucks plus three and a half. Feel pretty good about that. Bucks should win outright to begin with. And Titans plus 10. Again, we all took Titans minus three as our locks of the week. So Titans plus 10 should be a no brainer. You pull those four into a monster. That's minus 140. You bet 50, 60, 70, 100 bucks on that. You feel pretty good about your week. And, and that's honestly a week saver. So we feel we feel good about that monster of the week. And going with Mon- the Jarley to wrap it up for us. Oh, JK, we're going to do the monster really quick. Ricky, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to jump oh. in and, oh, and go to the, the go to the Charlie. Charlie. We'll do the Charlie. So we're going to keep it keep it similar. You heard them all a bunch of times. Titans minus three, Bucks money line, Packers minus. It's actually down to three and a half. So you may mm. want to keep keep checking as we go along. That's plus three fifty six currently. A uh, combination of our three picks that we feel good from the locks, and hopefully that helps you win some money. Money, money, money. This has been. I don't even know anymore. I think we're on episode five of the Cashed Out Podcast. It has been amazing to be doing this every week. Follow us on all of the socials. Jay's going to yell at him here. We have Instagram. We have a Twitter. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on what else, Jacob? Follow us on TuneIn, on iHeart music iheart radio shit i did it again i don't know which one it is (laughs) search them both try to find us you know we're on all the major platforms so please follow us like subscribe engage with us we especially want to get some engagement on twitter here so let us know that our picks are shit let us know that our picks are great give us some adverse takes you know we just want to hear we want to engage with you we want this to be a back and forth between our audience our listeners and ourselves so just let us know Follow us at Cashed Out Pod, all the major platforms. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Good luck with your bets. Stay safe. Have some fun. Listener, gambling can be good and fun. There are some downsides to it as well, mainly losing money. Please remember that the ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are just that. There are ideas and our opinions. You take them, you leave them at your own risk. Um, if you do have an issue with gambling, please remember to reach out for help before it starts to get too serious. Uh, some numbers are 1-800-GAMBLERS or 1-800-522-4700. Give them a call if you need any help. Um, don't let this get too serious. Have fun. Win some money. Take care.